Oh, hey there. Thanks for stopping by. This is the In Defense Podcast. My name's Lee. This is the first episode. I have to start out by apologizing for the audio quality. We initially used a service to record it, but we kept hearing echoes, so we had to switch over to Zoom, and it's not as good of a audio quality, but deal with it, all right? I also had to edit this entire sucker twice because the first time I was almost done, and the program crashed, and somehow it removed all the audio from the file, which was terrible. But I think I got it all squared away now, so... My first guest's name is Nick Daniels. He is a certified personal trainer in Nashville under the name Purely Driven Fitness. He offers in-person personal training as well as recently launching an online option. He is probably one of the most compassionate, kind, and humble people I've ever met. And in this episode, we cover fitness, rescue animals, and activism. So, without further ado, here it is. Check it. So do you want to start by just kind of giving a brief introduction? Sure. Yep. Right. Do that. Cool. Um, so I'm, my name is Nick. <laughs> uh, I am 47 years old, turning 48 this year, which seems kind of crazy, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've been in the States now for, uh, I come here, 2008. Uh, what's that? 13, going on 13 years now. Um, so initially came to the States to, to do music. I was a, a musician at the time and I came here with uh, my songwriting partner and we were planning on kind of basing ourselves here for a little while and seeing what happened in New York. Um, and then I met my wife, Erin, two weeks after I, I got here and, uh, yeah, we got married later that year, which uh, neither of us were really the marrying type. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, it, I guess it ended up working out okay because 12 years later, we're still married and still happily married. Um, so yeah, we moved down to Nashville seven years ago, maybe, sorry, might be eight years ago now. Um, yeah, been in Nashville for that long, love it here. Uh, we've set up a really good life for ourselves and yeah. I think we'll be sticking around Nashville for a while. Were you both vegan when you met then? No, Erin um, was not at the time, although she did eat, uh, I would say predominantly plant-based. Um, and she naturally kind of fell in to the way I ate, I guess. Um, I, I'm, I probably cook, I've got to say 95% of the meals. <laughs> Um, and have done, you know, pretty much since the beginning. So she just kind of adapted to, to that way of living and eating. Um, and then gradually got exposed to uh, um, to kind of the animal rights issues as well. Um, sure. And uh, passion for that. Um, so I guess she, yeah, she went strict vegan. And I guess it's been about years now. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're both vegan now. Nice. And how long have you been vegan? Long time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, going, going back to the dark ages. Um, yeah, it's I. I went vegetarian when I was, I think I was about eighteen years old. I don't have. I know there's a lot of people out there that have like the exact kind of day when it happened. For me, it, it wasn't like a um, 
exact day I can actually remember. For sure. Um, I just remember my girlfriend at the time. Um, I just moved to Melbourne and, and she came home. She'd been with her, her best friend all day and she said, Kate and I have decided to go vegetarian. I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, okay, maybe I will too. It was just like a kind of, you know, didn't really think about that it was going to be significant into this huge journey. Um, so, yeah, that happened. And then I guess it was probably two years later, um, I started, once again, it wasn't like a, a direct thing where I said, okay, I'm going to be vegan from this point on. It was a very kind of a slow transition. Um, I, I think, I, as I said earlier, I was playing in a band and one of the band members um, had embarked on a vegan journey and I knew nothing about veganism at all, but um, she started bringing all this amazing food to like band rehearsals and yeah, so it gradually kind of started from there. And definitely, definitely the food side of things that I got into first, because um, you got to remember this is like pre-internet days. Um, so I just, you know, there was none of this kind of earthlings or or vegetate or forks over knives or any of those things that kind of expose the animal rights uh, factor when it comes to veganism. Um, it was very kind of food-based back then and I wasn't exposed to, to that side of things until much later um so yeah it's been in answer to your question long-winded answer I know but yeah it's been uh around about 25 years I guess okay awesome and there were vegan options back then or were they pretty limited I was lucky enough to live in Melbourne which was I think really kind of a, ahead of its time um compared to other places I've been in the world uh, when it comes to, to vegan restaurants. There, there was a lot of vegetarian and vegan re restaurants. Um, grocery stores, however, was super, <laughs> super behind. It was, you know, it was if you wanted to go out and eat, eat great vegan food, it's very easy, but getting stuff to cook at home um, was very different. I, I pretty much, with eating at home back then, um, you know, obviously there was no like Beyond Burgers or anything like that. Um, so there was a lot of, lentils tofu curries um so just by default i, I feel like i ate whole food plant-based because there just was many other options and um, it seems kind of like that's what you're you reverted back to now is a lot of the whole foods basic stuff yeah absolutely it's it's funny i feel like i've i've kind of come full circle um i definitely that way in the beginning um i think it was when i moved to to new york and I was, <laughs> I was exposed to all these amazing vegan options that we didn't have in Australia. Um, you know, so many vegan cheeses, vegan ice cream, sour cream, and, you know, there was just so much stuff. I, I feel like I went a little bit crazy for probably about eight years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just indulging in, in the vegan junk food. Options. Sure. Um, and then, you know, it, it gets to a point where I, I definitely wasn't feeling as good as I could be feeling. Um, and I, was, I did have some, some health issues uh, last year, some really intense migraines, which definitely prompted me to, to return to, to a whole food plant-based diet. And I still have, you know, the occasional, you know, vegan pizza or, or vegan, you know, burger and stuff like that. But I definitely keep it more to a minimum these days and feel definitely better for it. So the, the migraines have stopped? 
Yes. Uh, oh, wow. So far, so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm knocking on wood as we speak. But um, yeah, I had this condition called ophthalmoplegic migraine. Super, super rare. Um, so rare that, yeah, doctors and, and specialists didn't really know what to do with me. They just kept prescribing me more medications. And it just got to the point where I was just like, I don't take any more meds. This is just ridiculous. So I kind of did my own research. Um, and decided to to stop kind of ingesting anything that was going to create a kind of inflammatory uh, response in my in my system. So I ditched alcohol completely, um, most processed foods and and refined sugars, and and so far that seems to be doing much better than any medication did. So That's hopefully, amazing. yeah, it's been you know about four months now since I've had one of my episodes. So I'm I'm really hoping. That no, I'm pretty confident that it is. A lot of times on social media, people will say, Hey, look at how in shape I am. You need to go vegan. But it's something I've been thinking about lately is I put in so much work working out. Um, I think that even if I weren't vegan, I'd still be in shape. You do feel that veganism is a superior diet? I do. Yeah. I. I honestly, honestly do. I think at the end of the day, when it comes to strength training, um, the things that you you want to get nutrition-wise from strength training to, to aid uh, strength training is you want to increase recovery and avoid inflammation. Um, those two things right there are exactly what you really want from nutrition, and a plant-based diet provides that directly. Um, and it's just something I've noticed as I get older, um, I'm finding I'm not suffering from the same kinds of things that other bodybuilders and strength trainers who have been doing it for as long as I have seem to be suffering from. Definitely, um, I seem to be getting stronger, um, which is, is pretty crazy considering that I'm, you know, 48 this year. Um, and I'm just, um, if anything, I feel like I'm I'm suffering from less soreness and, and less pain. Um, so once again, it's hard to know if you know a, a, that's a result of a plant-based diet or if that's just uh, just the way that you know my physical makeup is. But um, in in what I've studied, I, I I firmly firmly believe that that it is superior. And I think people are starting to come around to that. I think the bodybuilding community is starting to embrace it a lot more definitely was kind of a bit of a joke in years gone by if you were vegan um and doing bodybuilding but i think they're starting to to see the benefits you know um and those two things alone you, you know creating less inflammation and aiding with recovery like it's you know it's scientifically proven that a plant-based diet will do that for sure and and i i do think that um, is dangerous to kind of make these claims about veganism being like a cure-all. I see it a lot like, oh, I'm, um, I reversed this condition on just a plant-based diet. I personally feel that it's at least as healthy as uh, the standard American diet. And I think if people kind of switch over to a vegan diet and they're not seeing the results that people are promising that can potentially in the future kind of bite the movement in the ass. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's like like any nutrition plan. Um, 
you've got to be smart about it, whether, whether it's, you know, a vegan diet or a standard American diet. Like I think, you know, you, without a doubt, you can be a healthy omnivore, like if, you know, um, and it, by the same token, you can be an unhealthy vegan, you know, without being smart and, sure. you know, consuming the right amount of things to, you know, to match your, you know, if it comes to, if it's, you know, coincide with strength training to to make sure that you're getting all those those nutrients that are going to aid in recovery for sure you mentioned that um you're training differently now than you used to so you've been into fitness for quite a quite a while yeah um i honestly i feel like i i got into strength training around about the same time uh that i started embracing a vegan lifestyle um, interestingly enough, because man, back then there was literally no one, no mentors, no one to look up to. I felt like I was the only vegan in the gym <laughs> and, you know, maybe I was like, you know, it, it was definitely the stereotype back then of like just the skinny kind of pale hippie vegans. Um, that was kind of actually true back then. I feel like that was, that was all that I knew, you know, those vegans thought it was strange that I was into strength training. And then the gym that I went to back then was, it was a pretty hardcore bodybuilding, gym. like massive, massive tanked dudes that bodybuilding competitions and stuff. So they all thought I was very strange you know, when I would talk to them about nutrition and stuff. They didn't really understand that either. Um, so yeah, both of those things like coincided around the same time the change in nutrition and like embracing strength training. And that didn't discourage you at all, not having like any information to kind of back up that you can make the gains on a vegan diet. Uh, to be honest, I think if I did have uh, some people to look up to or some, some mentors that showed me that you could actually, you know, uh, put on a decent amount of muscle, like through following a plant-based diet, I think I probably would have made more progress earlier on. Um, I don't think I really pushed myself as hard as I could have back then um, because I didn't really, I, there was like a doubt in my mind, I've got to say, to be honest, that I could actually uh, make gains, you know, on a plant-based diet. Uh, it wasn't until much later that I realized that, I, yeah, you can. Um, can you tell me about your journey on becoming a personal trainer? Yeah, it probably goes back uh Actually, it does go back. I was talking about that the gym that I used to go to, that hardcore kind of bodybuilding gym. Um, I was training there. I, I trained probably for a couple of years and honestly made very little progress. I was going in there and just like doing my workouts, not you know implementing progressive overload or anything, just kind of doing the same amount of reps, same amount of weight. Um, and one of the guys that, that worked there approached me and he said, hey, dude, I'm, um, I'm actually training to, to be a personal trainer, I'm getting my certification, and I'm looking for someone to, to kind of out uh, my, my personal training skills. Are you interested in training with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, so I trained with this guy. Um, probably trained with him for maybe two years um, and completely – changed my whole perspective like he taught me how to, to really push myself I realized that I wasn't pushing myself at all um 
taught me a lot. And it was in that time that I, I decided, I, I thought, man, I, I wouldn't mind being a personal trainer myself. So I actually enrolled at the Australian Institute of Fitness, um, which is the kind of major personal training certification you can get in Australia. Um, enrolled there, uh, almost completed my certification, um, but I didn't because actually a musician at the same time, the band that I was playing with at the time uh, got a major label record deal like a couple of weeks before I was uh, due to finish my certification. Oh, no. So that kind of fell by the wayside. I kind of got, you know, rock and roll dreams in my mind <laughs> and thought that I was going to be a rock star. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I left the personal training thing and didn't pick it up till many, many years later. Um, and it was actually when I met you. Uh, I remember I was, I was still training kind of steadily over the years and then I met you and I remember you said, um, hey, man, I'm, you know, thinking of, of joining the gym. Um, and I said, yeah, I, I go to the Y. And you said, yeah, that's where I'm thinking of going. Um, and I think that I offered, I said, if, if you want me to show you a few things, you know, I, I started to be a personal trainer back in Australia. So I know some stuff and yeah, trained with you for well, that started like a three, three or four year training yeah. kind of uh, routine that we did. And then I realized seeing the changes that came about um, the training with you actually kind of sparked that uh, inspiration again of becoming a personal trainer. I, I you know, saw massive changes in you. Obviously, you dropped a, a ton of body fat and put on a substantial amount of muscle. And I was like, you know what? I could probably do this again. It actually, you know, it, it gave me so much satisfaction seeing the changes in you that it, it made me really want to to do that for more people. Um, so yeah, basically from there, I uh, signed up to get my, my NASM certification and, and spent the, the next couple of years studying to get that. And especially when the, when the pandemic hit last year, I was like, okay, I've really got to get my shit together now to, to do this and, and put my head down and got that certification, um, converted our, our basement into a training studio and yeah, it took off from there. On and I think I launched the, the business in August last year. Um, and honestly, I was I was kind of hoping. I was thinking, okay, if by the end of of this year, if I have you know maybe seven or eight clients, I'll be happy. And I think I ended the year with somewhere between twenty five and thirty clients. Um, so yeah, it's it just kind of it rolled from there. That's amazing. And you're starting to work on online training as well? Yeah, I've, I've just launched the online stuff. Um, honestly, at, at the beginning when I launched my um, business, I was thinking it was probably going to be 50-50 online and in-person, but the in-person stuff took off so quickly that I didn't really have a chance to, to focus on the online stuff. So I'm kind of playing catch-up. Um, so I just I think it was last week that I launched the online stuff um and started to pick up a few clients with that um it's a little bit different obviously the training in person i like the the one-on-one -on -one training physically um but the online thing is it's just the way that people are doing things these days especially with with the pandemic and all that kind of stuff like a lot of more people are, are 
wanting to train that way. So um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna embrace that as well. I'm obviously still gonna continue with the in person stuff as that's my preferred way of of training with people. But I'll definitely take on the online thing as well. I'm glad that um, you got so much out of us training together because I got it was life changing for me. Um, I know I don't know where I would be right now if I didn't start working out with you. So like, I'm just eternally grateful for that. Um, and that's why I wanted to have you on as my first guest because yeah, it was totally life-changing starting to work out with you and, and I can't really put into words how much I appreciate it. Awesome. I really think a lot of people underestimate the, um, mental and, and spiritual benefits that come with uh, working out. I know spiritual might be a word, but it's it's so much more than physical. Um, and I think, you know, obviously there's things like yoga and Tai Chi, I think, get a lot of attention for being, um, you know, to help with uh, spirituality and, and mental benefits. But I think, you know, strength training is right there as well. I've, I've always gotten those kind of benefits as well. And I'm always so happy when I see other people getting those benefits. I think society too, like you're, you're dubbed like a, a jock meathead if you work out and especially being like, we both kind of come from the punk rock scene. Um, uh, that's, that's the last thing we want to do is like <laughs> be a jock. You know, that was the kind of our, our enemies. Um, absolutely. It does seem like that's changing as well, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, I think that the whole kind of atmosphere in gyms and, and with, with strength training is changing a lot. Do you have any advice for people who want to start training but don't know where to start? Yeah, I do. Uh, honestly, I think, and I'm not trying to just promote myself as a, as a coach because I'm, I'm not saying, you know, hey, contact me and get me to be your coach. I, I think getting a coach or someone who has done a you know strength training program for a number of years uh, is invaluable at the beginning. I think um, if you've never had like a trainer before or worked out with someone experienced, I think everyone should do it. It can save you so much time in the long run. As I said earlier, like I spent a couple of years training in the gym and just did not realize that you have to push yourself that hard uh, to get results. And so I think if you get yourself a, a trainer, and I know you know a lot of people out there, money is an issue, but I think in the long run, you can save yourself money. Like I think a, a, a good personal trainer or fitness coach can actually shave years off um, in, in getting you to progress, progress towards your goals. Um, that, would be, that would be my advice. And just learn as much as you can. Like now, you know, with the internet and Instagram, there are so many people you can follow that, that post amazing workouts you know we have access to so much information now um so yeah definitely utilize that and utilize people with more knowledge it yeah it is very intimidating to start especially if you're going to start going to a gym and not do it at home like uh -huh. you, gyms are just a weird place to be and walking in with no knowledge and you just feel like you're being judged and like, you don't know if your form is correct. You could hurt yourself. There's so many factors. Um, I wouldn't have started if it weren't for you. There's no way I would have just walked into a gym and started, you know, throwing weights around. Um, 
So I, having you there, knowing that you were there waiting for me, definitely pushed me to continue with it. Um, yeah. And now I have a great foundation where I, you know, I know proper technique and form. So I know I'm not going to hurt myself. And, and now I just, like you said, I go online and check out different workouts. And I know, even though they're new workouts, I still know what proper form will look like. So uh-huh. building that, that base, I think is very important. Yeah. I think once you get to know the mechanics of your body and how it works, um, even when you're, you know, doing some, an exercise that you've never done before, once you've, you, as you said, you have that foundation of good form and technique, you're able to, you know, the way that your body is supposed to work, you know, the muscles it's supposed to work. Um, and that's why, yeah, as you said, like, I think for anyone starting out to, get, to develop that foundation, yeah, get yourself a coach. Um, and the, the other thing is that they're going to really help with accountability. I think sometimes in the be- beginning, it's hard to get to that point where you look forward to your workouts. Uh, I know a lot of people when they get started kind of dread it and feel like they have to force themselves to do it. Um, but yeah, if you have someone that's going to help hold you accountable, then yeah, that's going to help as well. Do you remember how we initially met? Cause I, I think it was at crying wolf through Jess. Yes. I, I think it was definitely back in some more wasted <laughs> times. Yeah, uh, I think it was yeah. a late, late night. Yeah, I do. I vaguely remember. I, I was with a friend of mine from Australia, I think. Yeah. Um, taking him out to a few East Nashville bars and yeah, I saw Jess and and she introduced and she was talking to you, I believe. I think I put on Facebook, we were Facebook friends. I'm like, hey, can someone come over and help me lift this pig? That's right. <laughs> into this yep. vehicle. Um, and you're like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I think uh-huh. you have a picture from that that day too. I think you were in the back seat with him um, yep. as we were transporting him. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I do have a picture from that day. You have, you have a pig named Abigail. Uh-huh. Um, so we bonded over pigs and yep. eventually you adopted Lemmy. Um, uh-huh. And he's still there. He is the still end. there. He's yeah. uh he's uh he's awesome. Him and Abigail uh, couldn't be more different as far <laughs> as personalities go, but it's it's great. They they've actually become kind of I wouldn't say they're friends, they but they spent, you know, they're like an old married couple, I've described them as now. Like they sleep in the same like pig house together but they have these little squabbles about <laughs> who wants you know which corner of the house and yeah it's 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 funny to watch but Lemmy's just he's just a big bear he's he's such a beautiful natured soul yeah Abigail is quite the diva uh we we love her but man yeah she's she could be hard work <laughs> yeah people don't don't realize that you know these these animals have personalities just like we do and they can be totally different yeah, and the, the crazy thing is that Abigail definitely had that personality from when she was like an eight-week-year-old piglet. She was exactly the same. Um, and, yeah, but it, it's, yeah, Lemmy and her, are, are, they couldn't be more different. But, yeah, we, we love them both and we, we embrace both of their personalities. Yeah, for but sure. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is to the limit no more pigs? I mean, I, I would love to have more pigs, but it's – it's so. Dis- I mean, you remember when we introduced Abigail oh, and Lemmy? That was 
that was heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really distressing um, because you know people out there probably don't realize, but uh, there's basically always a top hog. There's in a pig situation. They're they're herd animals, and so when we introduced Abby and Lemmy, they basically fought it out for the top hog position, um, and Abigail won, I believe. <laughs> Oh yeah, but, yeah. Um, I think Lemmy is like, I, I don't want anything to do with this, and she's like, well, tough. Yeah, you're gonna get it. <laughs> I was fighting. I think she ended up more beat up because Lemmy had tusks. Oh yeah, yeah, that's um, true. So there was a, there was a lot of blood, but yeah, she uh, she did not back down. It was and it, it was hard to watch, and man, I'd love to have more pig, but to go through that again, I know Abigail would, would be the same again. So it would For be sure. it would be tough, but. Yeah, maybe you know if we have more property one day, yeah. um, I, I would love to have a ton of pigs because they're amazing animals, as you know. Oh yeah, and you also um, rescue other animals in need. You really took to uh, Boston Terriers. Yeah, we did actually. We had did have three Boston Terriers until recently. Um, Goose was our oldest Boston. She was uh, sixteen, which is pretty old for a Boston Terrier. She passed away last year um but yeah we're, we're part of a, a boston terrier rescue organization called southern cross boston terrier rescue um and we always adopt our animals there um danny one of our bostons he was a he was rescued from a breeding situation um he was a breeder dog hmm. um and then oscar was surrendered by his owner he was 12 years old so he's kind of a, a little oh, old guy as well geez um and then yeah we've got lulu our cat as well she was she was found on the streets as a kitten um part of her back leg is missing and the other back leg is like twisted around the wrong way um so we think that her mother may have dumped her um just because she had those birth defects um but she's amazing she's like the fastest cat you've ever seen despite <laughs> the two legs not really working properly but yeah we're big fans of adopting, you know, animals that no one else wants. You know, yeah, you, you and your wife, Erin, uh, definitely give them a great home. And I wish more people would uh, look into the options of rescuing older animals rather than getting puppies, because that's just heartbreaking that someone would give up a twelve-year-old dog that they had that long. Like, I know it's just that dog was probably wondering, like, what did I do? You know. Like why, oh no, it's, why, it's heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, that's you guys do a lot for animals. Another thing we, you and I bonded over was um, we did some activism together way back in the mm -hmm. day. I started the Nashville chapter of the Save Group, which don't really need to go into like what they're up to now. But the first vigil, you were there for how long did you come? It was quite a while, right? You went to quite a few of them. Yeah, I think around six months. Um, I came, yeah, on a regular basis to the vigils. Yeah, and then you did you like just kind of question the effectiveness of it? Is that kind of what made you stop going? I, I did, to be honest. Um, yeah, and I just it it take. How do I put this? I, I feel like it definitely takes a certain kind of person to ha handle the. Uh, I don't know the the effect on your mental health is that when you're dealing with like people abusing you and having to like see the animals in these kind of conditions and, and then, yeah, you do question 
the effectiveness of it. Um, and I honestly, yeah, I did feel like my uh, passion for animals and animal rights could be put to to better use with pursuing um, this side of things, which I know that there's a lot of vegans out there that would probably, you know, question the effectiveness of this, um, uh, you know, where veganism stands in, in the world of kind of fitness. Um, but yeah, that, that, that is basically it. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, I, it was an invaluable experience for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking and it, and it takes a lot. Um, it takes a lot of, of mental energy to be able to kind of deal with that. And I definitely take my hat off to you because I know that you, you know, you still are, are kind of actively involved in that kind of activism. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. I, I am kind of in the same boat as you now, like it took me a lot longer, but um, as far as the effectiveness of it, especially that location, like we were in Shelbyville, Tennessee, which is like pretty rural. Um, there was actually in the same spot that we held the vigils, they held a white lives matter rally. If that kind of gives you an idea of the area we were mm -hmm. in and it was a Tyson chicken facility um, and Tyson ran the town. So we are not accepted. Um, we didn't change anyone's mind there. The footage we got, um, I don't think it was effective. I could have definitely been using that time more wisely. But, you know, yeah, it's just part of the journey. Like when you first start out, you're pissed off and, and you want to do what you can. And at that time, it was Save and Anonymous. Those were like the two groups and there was nothing, you know, I didn't know what else I could do. And so that's kind of where I went. But then, yeah, I started focusing also on volunteering, which I feel is a much better way of spending the time volunteering at sanctuaries. It's a lot more rewarding. It's nice to see the animals in a happy place, you know, rather than being stuffed in the cages on the way to die. So, yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it was it was a tough experience doing doing the um, the Nashville Save thing. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely affected me mentally and I tended to feel just so drained after it. Like I just, you know, and just kind of in a funk for days and I just felt like feeling like that, I, I was not able to really be of much benefit to uh, animal rights because I just did not, you know, and it got to the point where I just was dreading going out there and dealing yeah. with those people, yelling abuse and, and, seeing the the animals and that kind of state i just it's like i'm, I'm this is not effective you know um there's got to be a better way of, of doing this and getting our message out there yeah it took me a lot longer to get to that point but i feel like there's enough footage out there already where we don't need to keep taking the same like looking back at my old photos and videos it was the same thing over and, and i went every monday and yeah. i wasn't like i how many times do I need to go there and get the same footage? You know, like yeah. it's not really necessary to, to do that. I definitely wasn't making any changes in the town. Yeah. Um, so I was like focusing on social media, but it, every, every shot was the same, you know, it's just kind of pointless to keep doing it. Um, yeah. I do think that it's, it has its place, but I don't think we need to focus on that anymore. People are aware mm -hmm. of what's going on, you know, and if they don't, <laughs> I don't know what they've been doing because it's everywhere, you know, 
Yeah. I think, uh, honestly, I just the thing about human beings <laughs> is that uh, we are very stubborn and don't like being told what to do and we don't like having to make sacrifices, like give up something for something or someone else. And so for me, like I know, and I know, you know, there's, there's definitely a, a portion of the vegan community that does not agree with this, um, but I honestly think the food element is definitely a way of getting that first foot in the door. If you can get people to, to love the food, then the other stuff becomes a lot easier, like exposing them to, to the animal rights factor and, um, you know, the environmental factor as well. Mm -hmm. sometimes right off the bat like you know just i've just found over the years that yeah humans are just so defensive and they're just like well no i don't want to give that up i don't want to give up my meat and cheese and you know i do think we have to tackle from all different ways but we definitely need to use kindness and acceptance and be a decent decent human while we're doing it absolutely yeah that was yeah perfectly said there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on right now we won't really we don't have to get into it but Right now is an interesting time in the vegan movement because it seems like people are just using like being as offensive as they can to put the spotlight on veganism, which it seems to be working, but it's a negative spotlight. So how effective yeah. is that? Yeah, yeah I, th I think uh, I'm pretty sure I know what you're referring <laughs> to. And I, yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. Yeah, it's hard to say what the most effective and uh, how we should go about it, but um I think you're doing great things, you know, with the fitness thing, because it is still a huge misconception that, that you can't gain muscle on a vegan diet, which obviously is not the case. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's getting pretty obvious now. I think, you know, you're hearing less and less of, of the, where do you get your protein and, and that I think people are kind of understanding now, and even like, it's funny, I'm seeing like even omnivorous bodybuilders, promoting plant-based protein powders and stuff now. And, you know, it's, whereas years ago, they, you know, they would have just laughed at that kind oh, of thing. Yeah. If people are interested in finding you, what would be the best way to do that? Uh, well, I do have a website, um, purelydrivenfitness.com. Uh, it's got all uh, the contact information if they're interested in uh, signing up for an online program. Um, they can do it through through my website and that, that message uh, will message me my email and I'll get back to them. Um, also have an Instagram page, Purely Driven Fitness. Uh, they can contact me through there. Um, as far as in-person training, I'm at full capacity right now, um, but I do have a waiting list. Um, so I basically will contact those people as uh, positions become available if and when uh, some of my current clients uh, decide to move on. Um, but yeah, um, website, Instagram is probably the best way to contact me um, and, and to follow what I'm doing. All right. Excellent. Thank you for taking the time out and talking with me. No worries, man. Like I said earlier, I don't, I don't know what I'd, I probably won't be where I am now if, I didn't start working out with you. Like it, I'm sure it gave me like, it gave me more confidence for sure. 
I don't think I would have even tried to apply for the job that I'm in. I would have been afraid to move out here or more so than I already was, but yeah, yeah, I just, I, I don't know where I'd be if it weren't for you, honestly. Yeah. Well, to be honest, man, I probably wouldn't be here either. Like that definitely <laughs> gave me the incentive to, to pursue personal training again. And it's just like, okay, I can actually do this, you know, and gave me the confidence to like be able to kind of, you know, help people get in shape. So yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's great. I'm so glad. All right, Lee. All right. Talk to you later. Good talking to you, man. Have a good yeah, day. You too. Smash it, great time.